Good morning, and welcome to Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses you can trust. I'm Jim Swan. Linda Smith, the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, will be along later in the program with tips on hiring contractors. Ask BBB features businesses and owners and managers who share their experience and insight so that consumers are better informed about products and services that they're contracting or purchasing. Well, winter is settling in. Just enough snow to remind us that this season always happens. This morning, we're going to talk about a couple of things that are part of the season. We're going to be joined a little later by Shannon Wise, the public relations representative at the Salvation Army, to talk about the tradition of the kettle campaign and what it means to our community. But in the studio with me right now is Kevin Granger, who is the owner of Bob Williams Tire and Auto Center Limited, to talk about another seasonal topic, winter tires. Welcome to Ask BBB, Kevin. Great. Thank you for the invitation. Kevin, well, the first question I guess that people ask is, do we really need snow tires or winter tires? Won't all-season tires be enough? With the new technology that's out now with uh, winter tires, uh, the, it exceeds all, I guess, the expectations or whatever an all-season tire the tire is designed to stay a little softer, more pliable in the colder temperatures, therefore giving you better traction and, depending on the type of tire, the ability to stick to ice, which actually um, helps out for acceleration as well as braking, especially in a panic stop situation. So we used to think it was just the tread that was so much different, but that's not the case any longer. No, the newer technology now is not only tread design, but as well as rubber compounds, multi-cell compounds. Some companies have other additives to the uh, the rubber compounds to assist in, uh, in traction. So that means there's a pretty wide range of tires and prices as we look out there. How do, how do we select the right tire for our driving needs? Basically, we look and see, A, the type of vehicle you have. Is it a four-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, application rear-wheel drive, front-wheel drive? Again, the type of climate where you are, do you get a lot of snow or do you get a lot of thaw where you have the black ice situation? Uh, around here, my recommendation is more of an ice and snow tire. Uh, well, the main brands that I push at my store, I am a Bridgestone Firestone location. The, the tire that I recommend, of course, would be the Bridgestone Blizzak. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best tires out there as far as um, an ice tire. Uh, best traction out there. So that's what I usually recommend for this type of driving. When I was looking at the tires and, and looking at things that we might talk about, I ran across a number of different terms, asymmetrical, unidirectional, speed rated, load capacity. Uh, what does all that mean and, and uh, what budget should I give to some of that? Well, what you what I usually like to look at is, again, the load-carrying capacity. So you have to look at it if you have a regular passenger car or do you have like a compact utility, sport utility, um, or just straight uh, pickup trucks, four-wheel drive, full-size. Um, Bridgestone, for example, offers in their Blizzak a DMV2, which is basically a tire that is meant for that type of application. They have their WS80, which again is more suited to um, a passenger car. And for some of the sports cars that aren't put away for the winter mm -hmm. and people are driving, they do have a higher rated or a performance um, winter tire as well. 
Uh, most of the tires in the Bridgestone lineup are a directional style. Uh, so you have your rights and your lefts. Um, you can get the um, asymmetrical, which some uh, products offer as, or some of the manufacturers have as well. And basically, they're just a um, – it's a, a tread design difference from the outside in. Uh, basically, tighter design, um, you know, to the inside, just – Again, for cornering, handling, dry pavement, highway, as well as ice traction and snow as well. So when people come to you, they they better well, they want to have a full definition of how they use the tires. Exactly. Let's just look at a couple of the other things. What about filling tires with with nitrogen? Is that something new? And and what's that about? Nitrogen has been out for a while. We have a machine that does that as well. It is uh, just basically a little more dense than what uh, your regular air is. Um, I. From what I've read, I found it to be uh, less um, moisture content possibly in there, which is maybe good for the the, uh, tire pressure monitors or the sensors that are in the cars. Uh, Plus being a little more dense, it's not as susceptible to heat and cooling, so therefore it maintains a more even tire pressure, um, which is definitely beneficial, especially with your tire pressure monitors. If you start getting too big of a range there, it starts putting your lights on and then people panic right away as soon as they see that tire light come on. So that old joke about winter air and summer air is is really true then. It can be. Uh, You mentioned sensors. Um, If you're changing to winter tires, how complicated is, is reinstalling sensors and so on? Well, if you do, again, it depends on if you do a rim and tire changeover or if you do just tires. The sensors in most cases on a lot of vehicles are incorporated into the valve stem or at the base of the valve stem. So if you're changing tires on existing rims, then there's nothing that you need to do other than change out the tires. And we actually have the tools not to do a, a reprogramming on the monitors based on the position of that in your car. Some cars are, they do that monitoring through the wheel bearing or through heights sensing as well. Um, and then sensors are not required. Okay, we've got time for one more short question. And that is, mm-hmm. how should we store our summer tires? Or, or is there a, a trick to that? We, uh, we offer a tire storage through one of our suppliers. And basically, it is just cold storage. Uh, they are just stacked up in sets of four. Usually just, if you're doing it at home, maybe just a piece of plywood on top of the concrete. Stack your tires up and just leave it till spring. So should they lie flat or uh, on their tread? It's I have even the ones I do in my own just lying flat. If you want to leave them on the treads, that is fine as well. Um, the one thing I do caution people when they're putting away their their summer tires is to uh, clean them up, possibly wax them, and try and keep the bags off. If you leave them bagged up, usually, especially in the garage, you get a lot of moisture. You might have a bit of a surprise in the spring when you open them up and see a bit of corrosion in that on them. So just a thought, keep them cleaned up, waxed up, and they'll look nice and something to look forward to in the spring when you put them on. And spring, that's a great word to hear. (laughs) Well, Kevin, thank you very much for joining us here on Ask BBB today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Kevin Granger, who is the owner of Bob Williams Tire and Auto Center Limited, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And Ask BBB will continue in a moment. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and Linda will join us later to bring us tips on hiring a contractor. They are a familiar sight through the month of December, the Salvation Army Cuddles. It's a chance to exercise your spirit of giving, and one of those traditions that's almost as much a part of the season 
as the decorated tree. Shannon Wise is Public Relations Representative with the Salvation Army and joins us now with some of the story of the kettles. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. It is the season. It sure is. And with all of this lovely snow we've had this week and the chillier temperatures, it really gets us in the spirit for sure. How long have the kettles been a part of the Christmas season? Well, Jim, I am proud to say they have been part of the Christmas season for 128 years. Wow. There have been some changes in 128 years. Sure has. What's the biggest change now? How how has uh, the electronic age affected the kettle campaign? Well, good question. Jim, I think we're creatures of habit, and I really do think that our kettle is so iconic that people can't help but walk by a Salvation Army kettle and chat with the volunteer that, that's standing there and, and drop some coins in, into, the, into, the bas- into the bucket there. So I really think that it's, there's a time and place for everything, and I don't think electronically is it's taken over our campaign but we will have a few locations this year that will have that option but i think it's just that iconic sound and teaching the kids that that are with you to drop some coins in in the bucket and and support your local Salvation Army. Who are the people that stand by the kettles? You said volunteers. Yeah, They are the heartbeat of our campaign, I'll tell you, Jim. We could not do what we do without them. Volunteers are dedicated, passionate, um, selfless people who just want to give a few hours of their time to make sure no one goes without this Christmas. Because we have over 10,000 volunteer hours that need to be filled between now and Christmas Eve. So as you can imagine, that is a lot of people and a lot of time dedicated to our campaign. So we are, thank our volunteers. Are all sure. the shifts filled? No, no. There's quite a few empty. And that's the the nature of, of our campaign is that, you know, sometimes a lot of people can be last minute with, with the time of year that it is. And we have our returnees that are very um, loyal to the Salvation Army. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. But we're always looking for new volunteers. And it's really a chance to hear some stories and, and be a part of history. If somebody wants to do one of those shifts and stand by a kettle, uh, how would they go about it? Super easy. You can pick your you can pick your preferred shift and location at londonchristmaskettles.ca. It's that simple. Uh, some are two hours and some are three hours, and that's all it takes to put food on uh, on tables for local families and toys for children. Let's talk about that end of things. How important is the campaign in terms of of the Salvation Army's work? Well, this campaign um, helps us survive all year round, not just at Christmas time. So it supports our programs and services like the respite program, like our adult day program, our food bank, our corrections um, services. So it's vital that this one campaign does succeed and does do very well. So we can't do it without volunteers. We can't do it without our community partners and our donors. So if you uh, looking for something to do, especially as a family, just snatch up one of those volunteer shifts and come out and, and, and ring the bell. I can speak to that as, as an experience because as a Rotarian, we um, watch over the kettle at Angelo's uh, in North Oh, London. great food. And great food, <laughs> but a great experience because you see people uh, who want to give and you stand there for three hours. It gives you a whole new appreciation of time yes. uh, for one thing. But the other, every person that walks by, you realize that it's a, a story um, and some have just some change, and then other people are so generous. Mm-hmm. I remember one lady who distracted me a little bit so that I didn't see what she put in. When I looked back, there was a $50 bill oh, in, wow. in the kettle. And you see how that uh, makes a contribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon, besides the, the uh, 
some of the programs you've talked about. Uh, You have a hamper program as well. How does that work? Yes, our Christmas hamper program uh, this year is at a new location. I do want to make note of that at the Western Fair Agriplex. So it starts December 13th, 14th, picks back up again on the Monday, uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th. And we are expecting, uh, like the food hamper... um, Numbers have gone up. The usage usage of our food bank has increased. So we're expecting to serve over 5,200 families this year with food hampers and about 6,500 bags of toys for local children. And there are two ends to that too. Uh, how do people contribute to the hampers? Well, they can drop them off at any fire hall at our location, 371 King Street. Uh, they can drop them off here. You guys are, are are great with the donations in the front lobby. So, Well, here at the radio station. Yes, that's okay. right. You bet. So um, we certainly appreciate any anyone who can, who can give monetary toy donations or just their time. And what about the other end for the people that receive? How does that, how is that determined and, and how do people... Uh, uh, apply for that. Well, all they need to do is uh, bring their proof of income and uh, sources of income of everybody in the household and um, ID, and they can bring it right down to the Agriplex during those five days in December, and we will um, take care of them. Well, Shannon, tis the season, and we'll wish all the best to uh, Salvation Army and the people who are by those kettles and hope that you reach your goal. What is the goal this year for the Salvation Army Kettles? $550,000 is the goal, and we need those over 10,000 hours filled for the volunteer uh, aspect. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Shannon Wise, who is Public Relations Representative with the Salvation Army in London and the area. And we'll return in a moment. And Linda Smith, the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, will have things you should keep in mind when you're hiring a contractor. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. In the past few weeks, BBB has received a number of complaints that involved contract disputes. So it seems a good time to review some of the things you should consider when you are hiring a contractor. Okay, so Linda, when we use the term contractor, what are we talking about here? A contractor is anybody you hire to provide materials and labor to complete a job. Some contractors focus on a specific type of project, like plumbing or tiling or painting, while others will work on any type of project. For larger projects, a general contractor may also serve as a project manager working with other vendors to get all the work done. Well, we've heard a lot of tales of woe when a project isn't completed or if the final bill is a lot different than the original contract. Yes. Hire the right hire the right contractor and you can relax, knowing that your project is in good hands. Hire the wrong one and you could be facing a wide range of problems from unfinished work to being sued if workers aren't paid. Okay, so where do we start, Linda? Research and gather information on the front end. You can search for a contractor's business profile at bbb.org to get free information on the history of complaints. Read verified customer reviews. What that means is the BBB has confirmed that these reviews are from actual customers with an actual experience with that contractor. And you'll see if they are an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau. BBB accredited businesses make a commitment to uphold BBB's accreditation standards that include to build trust, advertise honestly, tell the truth, be transparent, honor their promises, be responsive to their 
customers, safeguard privacy, and embody integrity. Are there any other searches that would help us out in this? Search for the name of the company online along with complaint, review, or scam to find different results. Ask the company if employees and subcontractors undergo a background check. Are they trained and certified? What identification will they show when they come to your home? Now, should you just take the contractor's word for it? It's a good idea to ask for references. Ask the contractor for a list of recent local references you may contact. Ask the references about the services performed and their overall experience with the contractor and the quality of the work. Ask if the contractor stuck to the estimate budget and completion dates for the project. If possible, inspect the contractor's work yourself. Ask if the contractor is a member of a professional association that has standards or a code of ethics. And do we want to do this with more than one potential contractor? Yes. Ask for multiple quotes. You've heard from many of our guests on Ask BBB that they suggest getting multiple quotes themselves. You should always shop around and get at least three quotes from different businesses. Make sure all bids consider the same set of criteria. Remember that the lowest bid may not necessarily be the best bid. If one bid is significantly lower than the others, the contractor may be cutting corners or may not understand your work requirements. Okay, so once we've decided that uh, we've got a contractor that we want to work with, should we expect a contract? Definitely. Get it in writing. Always get estimates in writing and never let any work begin without a written and signed contract. Do not be pressured into signing an agreement before you are ready and make sure you read and understand everything before signing. The contractor should include contact information, start and completion dates, a detailed description of the exact work to be done, any material costs, payment arrangements, and warranty information. Specify who is to obtain necessary building permits permit, and who is responsible for the cleanup. Do we run into or hear about situations where a verbal promise is made but not included in the contract? Yes. Make sure all verbal promises are included in the contract. Ask how much work will be subcontracted and ask for information on the subcontractors. Ask questions if you do not understand any part of the contract and never sign an incomplete or partially blank contract. Mm -hmm. How important is it to confirm that the contractor is licensed and, and insured? Always be sure that the company you decide to work with has the necessary licenses and insurance to work in your region. In Canada, requirements differ from province to province, so make sure to search for information specific to yours in Ontario. We are at BBB and we can help. Uh, once you have your contractor's insurance information, call the carrier to confirm appropriate coverage for workers' compensation, property damage, and personal liability in case of accidents. So who's responsible for making sure that you have all of the needed permits? It's the contractor. Your contractor must have the correct permits before starting your project. They will usually obtain the permits, but you will probably have to pay for them. You should be uh, detailed in your contract. Request that all final inspections be completed by the local building officer prior to fi final payment. So, and then that's uh, a big question. How's the contractor paid? Is it up front, up front or on completion? Never pay in full up front. Stagger your payments so your final payment is not due until the work is complete and you have fully inspected it. Do not pay cash. Make sure your check is written to a company, not an individual, 
or that you use a credit card. Paying with a credit card will provide some recourse should the project job not be completed as stated in the contract. In some Canadian provinces, there is a mandatory builder's lien holdback to ensure you understand any financial obligations you may be liable for. And when the contractor finishes, is that the end? Well, you want to make sure you are aware of your warranty coverage and how to deal with service issues. Get a receipt. Request a receipt marked paid in full when the job is completed and your final payment is made. Keep your contract. Hold on to your contract for future reference or if any questions arise after the work is complete. Well, it looks like there's a lot of homework to do before you hire that contractor, Linda. Yes, and you'll find these tips and more on the BBB.org website. In addition to these general rules, there are tips on specific contractors, such as plumbers, roofers, HVAC, and more. And Linda, that's all our time for Ask BBB. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.